Hello, beautiful outlaws, and welcome to October. When I tell you that I am giddy with excitement, (laughs) that is probably an understatement. It has been getting cooler here, and the sweaters have come out, the cozy socks are on, the pumpkin spice coffee is being brewed. I mean, I am just feeling absolute joy at this season so far. And I've been really intentional about playing around with my schedule. And I'm saying play because I have a tendency to impose more structure on myself when I'm feeling overwhelmed or start to experience bouts of self-doubt and inner critic. So instead, I'm trying to play with my schedule. And by that, I simply mean creating something that feels cozy and comfortable, something that's not rigid, and reminding myself that I can make changes to my schedule at any time. So I've been playing around with which days I work for clients and taking Fridays to be a kind of a free day. I don't like to sit here and say I take Fridays off um, because sometimes I want to work on my own business or I want to draw and, you know, to some extent that is still part of my my job, right? So I will do things like go onto Skillshare and find new courses or um, new workshops that I might want to be a part of. I'll work on some of the more light tasks in my business, but I'm really stepping into that place where I can get joy again from those tasks. And as it is my favorite season of the year, it is a perfect time for a cozy and joy-filled schedule. So I hope that if any of you have been feeling that residual and heightened sense of busyness and maybe stress and overwhelm coming out of the summer, um, if you're here in the Northern Hemisphere, or, you know, even coming out of winter, if you are in the Southern Hemisphere, and I know some of you are, like today's guest, (laughs) um, it can still feel really wonderful to take a little moment to kind of reset or refresh our schedules. And I am someone who very much gets stuck in a bit of a rut with my schedule, my time, how I work, which days I do which things. And sometimes I don't notice that that has kind of caused, um, it causes me to just go through the motions of being a business owner or go through the motions of my creativity rather than really exploring it and having fun. So I'm definitely allowing that to happen this season. Um, the last week or so I've been really leaning into that. So as I said, today we have a wonderful guest, but before we get into today's episode, I wanted to talk a little bit about Patreon. So if you have been listening for a while, you know that back in, well, the end of August, I launched our Patreon Outlaw community. And again, I can't help but have a smile on my face when I talk about this community because it has been a dream of mine since the very beginning of this podcast to facilitate a community for the old outlaws of entrepreneurship, a place where we can take what we need and connect away from the algorithms, a place where transparency is valued and ethics are non-negotiable, business rules are made to be broken and people always come before profits. It's such a wonderful community and I'm so excited to offer you the opportunity to join us there as well. This is a paid community. I want to be very transparent about that. As I said, it is a value. 
and it is a paid community. But part of the wonder, wondrous thing of this community is that part of your kind of membership or joining us there is not only are you supporting my work and you're supporting me to become a full-time creative, you also receive exclusive Patreon bonuses. Those bonuses look like two additional episodes each month, and these episodes fall on the new and full moon. And they're really journal circles. I like to talk about the moon, the phase that we're in. I'll talk about the the season we're in and the sign of the zodiac and how that energy can affect us in business. Whether you are woo curious or fully fledged witchy like me, you will still gain something from these circles because you don't have to be a witch. You don't have to be you don't have to be obsessed with the moon and spells and all of the magic that comes with that. You can simply be interested in journaling about your business. You can simply be interested in having more open and honest conversations with yourself and with a collective of other business owners where we, as I said, prioritize our own needs. We take what we need. We don't have to be everything to everyone in a community. And it is a place where you get to take what you need. And one month to the next could look different for you. And I really welcome that and encourage it within the community. I'm not in there every day. I have the, um, have posts planned and and sometimes I'll just write things in the moment and we will connect in that way. So each month, as I said, you have these two journal circles. Um, These are podcasts, they're pre-recorded, they're uploaded on the new and full moons. And as I said, we go through some journal prompts, really cozy and business oriented journal prompts. And these journal prompts are designed to really welcome honest conversation between yourself and your business where you are at that time. And as I always say in every single audio that you can take what you need. So if you don't need that particular prompt or that prompt feels crunchy or you're not ready to answer that, or you just simply don't know what to say, move on to the next one. There are no rules and the business rules are definitely made to be broken. There is also the opportunity to connect in our bi-monthly live sessions. These live videos, um, I stream straight into the Patreon community. And again, these happen around the new and full moon. Um, and I, I go through and do an oracle reading for the kind of the following 14-ish days between each phase of the moon. We'll look at the um the energy of that particular sign so you know for example this coming sunday we have a full moon in aries and i will be going live on sunday afternoon inside of the community and we will do an oracle reading for the coming both the full moon and the coming kind of 14 days between the full and new moon we will i try to vary what type of reading I do. Um, I share which decks I'm using. I go through the questions and we also tend to finish up with like a yes, no, or a pick a pile reading, which is kind of just lighthearted and fun. And again, as I always say in these recordings, I'm always talking about the fact that this is not about um, seeing into the future or telling you exactly what to do, but these are tools that we can use. So even if you've never had an oracle reading or you're super um, skeptical about this, that's absolutely okay. Like it's okay to be skeptical. Um, I use this as a tool to go with my journaling practice and it can be really beautiful to use it alongside my journaling when I'm feeling 
uncertain or unsettled, it can just help to plant maybe a question that I need to ask myself, an additional question that I can journal on. And you might be just surprised at what you can gain from this practice. So if you would like to join us inside of Patreon, we will make sure that we link to it in the show notes, but you can go to patreon.com forward slash the OC. That's patreon.com forward slash T-H-E-O-C. Over there, you can join us for £8 per month. You have the opportunity to donate more um, if you would like to, but it is a minimum of £8 a month to join us over there. And as we continue to grow, there may be additional additional audios that we upload as well. But it is just a wonderfully cozy community and I love connecting with you all over there already. Um, Also as a welcome for joining, you will get an exclusive uh, Entrepreneurial Outlaw sticker in the post from me with a thank you note for joining. So uh, make sure if you do join, you add in your postal address. If you don't want me to have your address and you don't want free stickers that's fine um, not a problem but uh yeah if you do decide to join us you can just add that information in there and and i will get that sticker sent off to you um also the other thing to just let you know is that payments are taken on the first of each month so if you join between now and the first um no payment will be taken until the first and your sticker and, and everything will arrive after the first um, but yeah, it's just a beautiful community and I would love to welcome you in there. Um, join us, experience these journal cycles for yourself. And of course, if it's not the right community for you, that is okay. There is no questions asked. You can leave and change your membership at any time. So let's get into today's episode. I am so excited to welcome to the show, Kate Carmen. Kate is the founder and creative director of Studio Wildling, a full-service digital design studio in Melbourne, Australia, that creates heartfelt branding, packaging, and website design for purpose-driven brands. Kate is an advocate for conscious creativity, as well as a web development mentor to graphic designers and passionate and is passionate about empowering fellow creatives with the knowledge, resources, and inspiration to realize and achieve their business goals and dreams. Kate applies elements of slow living and mindful design to everything she does because creativity needs space to breathe. And so do we. Now, just a little heads up, when you listen to today's episode, you are going to hear us talking about Kate's business as Rabble Rouse Creative. Shortly after we recorded this episode, Kate did rebrand her business, and that is why I'm letting you know that she's the creative director and founder of Studio Wildling. All of the links today's episode are updated in the show notes, so you'll be able to follow Kate in the correct places. Um, Her website and social medias have been updated, but I just wanted to point that out. So if you're thinking, hang on a minute, Melanie, you said that it's called Studio Wildling. Yes, it is. And it's just as beautiful. So I am so excited for you to listen to today's conversation with Kate. Kate and I connected a little while ago on, I think, Instagram. um, And I remember going through her website and I was like, wait, does she have a Waylon Jennings tattoo? Um, And spoiler alert, yes, she does. And we are going to talk about that at great length today. So it was so much fun to sit down with somebody who um, also has an interest in outlaw country and is 
very big fan of Waylon Jennings, just like I am. So you're going to hear that conversation. And it was just so much fun to chat with Kate and to finally chat with her because we have been connected online for such a long time, but we had never actually spoken. So that was just absolutely wonderful. And I'm so excited for you to listen in to today's conversation. We're going to be talking about being a multi-passionate designer, what it looks like in an evolving creative landscape, talking about abundance and building a business on life by doing what you actually love. We're going to talk about creating conscious brands, ethical practices, and really just get into all things branding, packaging, and web design. So get cozy and tune in for today's episode where we welcome Kate Carmen. You're listening to Entrepreneurial Outlaws, a podcast for creatives, introverts, empaths, and spiritual folks. Each week, we'll sit down and have the honest, transparent, and sometimes messy conversations about what it takes to build and grow a successful and fulfilling soul-aligned business on your own terms. Here at Entrepreneurial Outlaws, we advocate for building a business that serves your lifestyle, inspiring you to rewrite the usual business rules and take action through creativity and self-inquiry. We'll encourage and gently challenge you to dig deeper into what makes you and your business unique. And I'm your host, Melanie Knights, a fat positive artist, self-published author, and advocate for breaking the rules. I'm here to help you divulge from hustle culture, unpack the bro marketing strategies, and bust those entrepreneurial myths that lead us to overthink our business decisions and continue playing small. Together, we are paving the way for new normal in online business. So, are you ready to break the rules and become an entrepreneurial outlaw? Let's do this. Welcome to Entrepreneurial Outlaws, Kate. I am so excited to chat with you today. I am super stoked to be here. Melanie, thank you so much for having me on the podcast. We were just chatting beforehand off air. We're like, we've known each other for know, a couple of years now in the online space. Yeah. I always find like a really strange thing to discuss. But yeah, my online friends, <laughs> my internet friends. Yeah. <laughs> so you may or may not know that our theme for this season of Entrepreneur Outlaws is entrepreneurial burnout. And the reason I chose this theme is because this is the season of finish strong marketing. We see it everywhere, especially as we hit September, um, this kind of race to the finish line, so to speak. And life can also get very busy at this time of year. And so often I find that we neglect our needs. And this is something we talk about a lot on the show. So I wanted to start by asking you, what does your soul need during this season of your business? Oh, that's such an amazing question. And yeah, this definitely pops up a lot at this time of year where it's like we're kind of running towards that finish line or um, trying to cram in as many projects. Or uh, what I find for me is uh, as a designer, um, as a brand designer and a web developer as well, is that no matter how um, much I try to prevent that burnout happening at the this end of the year or try to encourage my clients ahead of time, you know, giving them fair warning, saying, you know, we're winding down. Um, like, are you have you got things that you're needing done before the end of the year? Let's not ask us in December because um, I don't want to offend you by saying no. Um, but, yeah, there's, there is a lot of kind of ramping up at this season of the year where for me personally – 
I'm really trying to wind it back. Like I've been, I've, you know, I've had my business for going on six years now and I've seen the cycles and I've been through them and I've been through that burnout and I don't want to keep repeating that every year. So, uh, yeah, for me, this, this season is about slowing down and not taking on too much. I always love to try um, and take at least a couple of weeks leading up to Christmas off uh, just where, you know, I'm still in my studio, I'm still active, but it's more kind of working on my business and my brand and setting those goals and intentions um, for, you know, the coming year. Um, so, you know, from around September, there's, a, you know, there's not, not too many weeks in there um, for client projects. So, yeah, for me, it's a really the start of the slowing down. Um, and, yeah, I'm a fan, a big fan of, like, slow business and we can delve into that uh, a, a little bit more as the chat progresses. But, um, yeah, for me, it's kind of trying to wind it back rather than ramping things up. Yeah, I, I love that. And I agree. I think that in my experience, especially when I was running an agency, I felt like whilst perhaps as the the kind of owner of the business, you're trying to maybe slow down and wrap things up and tie up loose ends, whilst clients' expectations perhaps increase. Yeah. <laughs> which I think is interesting because essentially we are also clients of somebody or we are also, you know, consumers of someone else but I do feel like there is that that line and especially those boundaries that we have to create when we're running businesses or a service service um, business owners to try and balance out that that desire to finish something up at the end of the year or suddenly realizing that they want to run some kind of promotion or whatever it might be whilst we also try to slow down and I think what you said there is is perfect like you know, having those boundaries in place and seeing it, I think it's such a rite of passage <laughs> that we will experience yeah. as well. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that with us. So we are going to get into kind of fully what you do and how you got here and your experience over the last six years. But outlaws, before we get into this story, we do have to talk about one very important thing. <laughs> I need to know, because I don't know this story, so I need to know your relationship with the outlaw who led me here, Waylon Jennings, because as I mentioned in the intro, you have a super fucking cool tattoo of Waylon Jennings. It's on your arm, right? Yeah, yeah. It's on your arm? Yeah. Okay, I need, to, I need to know more. Um, I need to know more. I, I hope that my story isn't kind of like a buzzkill for your know, <laughs> anticipation for it. Yeah, I do actually have a really cool Waylon portrait of one of these really, like, for me, Waylon was just, uh, yeah, super cheeky, super mischievous, and super cool, like, uh, outlaw country music and I've I've listened to a really diverse range of music um like from yeah outlaw country to like gangster rap and everything else in between a lot of rock and roll a lot of punk rock uh but for me like that the outlaws were like the original gangsters in a way of like um just doing things their way and yeah, like using their creativity and taking their art and their music and kind of not conforming to the musical industry standards back then, which were pretty like strict and it was, 
you know, to get on the radio, you had to look like this and play a song like this that went for this many minutes. And they were kind of like, yeah, we're going to stick it to the man. And uh, yeah, I've, I love that ethos. <laughs> um, I've always had a little bit of a rebellious streak. And um, I think, you know, sometimes authority needs to be kind of told where to stick it. And those guys did it really well. So um, yeah, the tattoo came about, like I was listening to a lot of country music. I um, had a little stint living over in the United States and yeah, my uh, circle of friends, like, yeah, Outlook Country was like on heavy rotation. And um, then, yeah, back here in Australia, like I live in Melbourne, Australia, and um, one of my friends, Sammy, is a really amazing tattoo artist. And he, he'd actually done a series of portraits on another one of our really good friends, like a whole sleeve of Outlaw Country. And also there was like some amazing like hip-hop legends. And, yeah, it was just um, he did, yeah, a whole series of tattoos. And then we were kind of just hanging out one day and he was like, I really feel like doing another Wayland tattoo. Um, like he was experimenting a lot more with his portraiture style of tattooing and um I was like I'll do it and that's kind of like a lot of my tattoos and I've got some uh yeah like some funny ones and some silly ones and they all tell a story about a time and a place and they've all kind of got like a meaning to me probably not like a big significant meaning to other people but yeah it was kind of like we were just hanging out and it's like let's do this and I found yeah the picture that I wanted and it's super cheeky and he nailed the eyes and I think, yeah, it's just those mischievous eyes um, that I think I resonate with and that, yeah, they're pretty hot. So that's it. <laughs> I, that's exactly what I was thinking. I was like, mischievous, sexy. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> Yeah, it was hot. And like their music, like his music just took you on a journey. You feel like you're on that horse and you're riding it and like you're running away from the cops and, you know, like you're on that journey with him listening to the music. So, yeah, it was, it's there <laughs> amongst the whole, you know, mishmash of other tattoos as well. So, yeah, I feel like I haven't seen it. I haven't looked at any of the other tattoos. I'm just like, <laughs> I was like, does she have a tattoo of Waylon? <laughs> so I feel like we could do it a whole other episode and perhaps we need to think plan that one out off, yeah. off air. Um, couldn't agree more. Agreed with everything you said. Like that's exactly why I'm here and I started this podcast and I agree about him. And yes, that portrait I think is a very, to me it's like a very, um, it's an epitome of like who he kind of appears to be and that very cheeky, cheeky demeanor and the way he behaved and I've yeah so many stories which we're not going to get into because we have a whole podcast to record <laughs> oh I really could okay we'll talk about this another time <laughs> yeah okay we could delve in deep I, yeah. because I, I also get like just on the back of that real quickly I get asked by so many people like who you know who is that or whatever they'll, they'll say like someone random <laughs> like a lot of people's like is that Jesus I'm like no it's Waylon um <laughs> outlawed Jesus yeah. I'd be like, sit down. Let me let me let me educate you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. See, this is a thing. I'm like, now I'm thinking I should get a Wayland tattoo, and I'm 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 like excited by the idea of people not knowing who it is. Yeah. But my husband will just be like, okay, stop asking her this question <laughs> every time. It would be pizza. Okay, 
Right. I'm going to be booking an appointment to get tattoos. Amazing. You'll More tattoos. Me. <laughs> I will. Okay. So let's dive in. Um, let's take a complete, well, somewhat of a detour. Um, can you tell us about your entrepreneurial journey, your personal relationship with burnout, and ultimately what led you to being a multi-passionate designer and an advocate for conscious creativity? Well, that's a big, juicy question. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I would love to. So um, my um, journey into design started in more of that traditional design route. Um, like I went to university and got a degree in digital design and that was, yeah, many years ago now, uh, which is kind of scary to think, um, how long ago that was, but, um, <laughs> uh, I went into like that, um, in-house design role after university and started kind of like working up in that, in-house design kind of environment it wasn't so much corporate but I guess that's kind of what it's relatable to and it was kind of running parallel with like you know you step up from a junior designer into your midweight and etc um I think I've always been multi-passionate um with my creativity I've um, always kind of had um an artistic streak and creativity is yeah one of my values it's not just something I love to do it's like yeah a part of who I am and something that I have to do on the regular um to like as a form of expression so yeah I was working in that design role and then um I started to become uh like uninspired I guess and not super passionate about that job that I was in I also kind of felt a little bit undervalued especially being the sole designer for this company and kind of um you know doing everything it was for an accessories brand so I would do like yardage patterns so like seasonal fashion prints that would go on products and then I was doing all the artwork specs for production and the point of sale and the website and all of the photography and the, yeah, it was everything. And it was super fun. And like, I got to experiment and explore a lot, but then, yeah, I wasn't being valued. And I guess that's where that, like, um, relating back to outlaws, um, Mm -hmm. where I was kind of like, you know, I I basically asked for a, a pay rise and what, my boss kind of told me like was a little bit insulting. So I was like, okay, well, I think it's time for me to move on. And at that time, um, yeah, a girlfriend and I just traveled over to like Mexico and then into South America. And that kind of started a, um, on and off traveling trip for like five or more years. Um, and in essentially at that point would, have been in that under that traditional like route for um design um would have been seen as like neglecting my career and I think in a lot of ways like yeah I was kind of having those like self-doubts and things like am I kind of doing the right thing or should I you know should I've stayed and just worked my way up that ladder and uh, like in no way would I ever trade that um, travel and the life experience and the connections that I've made and, um, you know, the exploration, like I love to travel and explore. And I think, you know, that really piques our curiosity. So, um, yeah, I landed back in Melbourne eventually and my options were kind of 
to try and compete in this very clicky design scene here. Um, or um, at that time, freelancing started to become um, something that was seen as more accessible and more realistic, whereas previously, like, freelancing was, like, not a thing unless you're a kind of a retired senior designer and you could just pick and choose. Uh, like, that's kind of how it was seen. And then, um, yeah, I started up Rabble Rouse Creative and, um, which in itself is kind of a nod to like that anti-authority outlaw, um, a little bit mischievous, yeah, like stirring the pot kind of thing. Um, and I, yeah, it, it's grown and it's infused um, a lot of my passions along the way. And, uh, you know, as you know, you kind of grow and evolve with your business and with your brand and figure things out together kind of in parallel with life and business. And, um, yeah, it's kind of now at a point or it reached a point, um, after, like you said, like ending up back in burnout time and time again, or being like, okay, we're in this feast and famine cycle again, or, um, you know, I'm taking on projects that I'm not super passionate about just because I feel like I need to, um, like I can't turn down that job. I can't turn away the money. And, uh, yeah, like when you, it starts to, you find yourself in a space of not being really passionate about the projects you're collaborating, collaborating on. Um, for me, uh, like I started, like I'm a massive empath. So I, like, I feel everything. And I was like, well, you know, it's not really fair on the, the clients either. Like, even though I'd give the project my all, if I wasn't super passionate about it, like it's like they were probably those types of projects are better off collaborating with someone who is super passionate about that kind of design. So uh, my brand started to evolve and shift and I started to be, um, to be able to kind of pick and choose or even just kind of getting over some of those little hangups where you're like, uh, in that scarcity mindset, like if I turn down this job, I'm turning away money. But when you say no to something, you're actually saying yes to something else. And what started to happen was I was um, attracting projects that did light me up and that I am super passionate about. And where that has kind of landed is that now I only like exclusively collaborate with brands that um, align with my values and that is a lot of, um, yeah, like ethical and conscious and sustainable um, brands who have a deeper purpose than just churning and burning or, you know, making money or um, putting consumer products out there that don't kind of consider a lot of other factors along the way. So, um, yeah, it's a total process of evolution and it's forever evolving and I feel like I'm going through like another shift right now, uh, but sometimes that's scary. Um, but on the other side, it's also exciting because that's sometimes where the magic happens and where you can really manifest your dream job that like for me that didn't exist when I was finishing uni like 16, 17 years ago. Like it, design was a very different space then and now it is so it's exciting to be here and it's exciting to see these phenomenal shifts in 
the creative landscape and the industries and in consumer habits. And, um, yeah, that, uh, that's attributed to a lot with the technology and these resources that we have available these days. And, yeah, in a lot of ways I feel like I'm just getting started even though I'm nearly six years in. So that's kind of uh, um, a little long-winded intro to, you know, where the evolution of my brand to date. It was not long-winded at all. I love it. <laughs> um, <clears throat> I love a story. And I, I think it's so interesting because, as you said, you know, you use the word evolution. And I I agree 100% that as we evolve on a personal level, our businesses often evolve as well. And it doesn't look the same for everyone. Um, but I think it is interesting to consider in the last, you know, 15, 16 years, um, how much has changed. Now, I remember studying art and fashion and design at school and even, you know, at college, it, it looked very different. You know, I always, for me, my creativity, as you put it, it's like, it's part of who I am. It's a value. It's not just something that I like to do. Like I do enjoy doing it, but I have to do it. Like I have to have that creativity in many different forms. It has to exist for me to, for me to exist, I, I guess, you know, it's a huge part of my life and it also gets to be part of my, my dream career as well. And the difference between, you know, when I was back in college and the way I was creating to now, I think obviously this part of it is me being older and hopefully a little bit wiser. <laughs> um, but also just that shift, you know, that you, the number of artists that I see online now, people who are picking up creativity that they left you know when they were in their teens um and I'm seeing that a lot also just in the last couple of years it's kind of it feels like it's like a silver lining of the pandemic that a lot of people are who have always had that creativity there right I mean we all have creativity there it's just how we decide to express it but the way they're picking that back up and and exploring it it's it's really beautiful and what I'm really curious about is something you mentioned there was this this shift from this rite of passage that we all go through, but this shift from taking on everything because um, money, bills, adulting. Yeah. And <laughs> potentially not in the beginning, not always getting those dream clients or dream projects. And I think, at least in my experience, I feel like we sometimes have that one and we kind of compare everybody to that that one client or that one project. And what also happens at the same time, if we don't see those those projects or those clients or those relationships, as you say, we can often say yes to everything that's happening and everything that gets offered. So I'm really curious to know the shift from saying yes to everything to starting to say no and making space for those. How did you find yourself building that abundance into your business and life? Um, I think, oh, yeah, one advantage that I think I have um, is that I am a multi-passionate designer. So I am both a, uh, yeah, a qualified digital designer and that kind of all encompass like graphic design and digital like digital design, web design and development. So um, where, you know, I, the strengths that I took from these skills that I learned um, and have honed and refined is that I could take my clients on an end-to-end -end design experience. 
So from the conceptual phase of their business with the branding and helping um, refine their like tone and um, develop a visual voice uh, all the way through to like the collateral and packaging and stuff in between to an online presence. And I think these days it's the online presence and especially post-pandemic that is um, really like that key touch point for for every business. Like it almost overnight everyone had to get their brick and mortars or get their businesses online. And although I'd been doing this for a lot longer than the pandemic, um, I think having that uh, unique point of difference um, with my services and the offerings um, and being able to kind of delve deeper into strategy and delve into deeper relationships with my clients um, to take through through this journey and to really, like like I said, um, yeah, like being able to kind of then pick and choose the clients that I worked with that really aligned with my values. So it wasn't an overnight process at all. There was projects, you know, I had to kind of do a lot of dirty work as well and or things that just didn't feel aligned with um with yeah my values or even my creative creative style or aesthetic and um some projects that were kind of ended up being a lot more challenging and um leading to that burnout that we were talking about earlier um you know than I had anticipated so again it's yeah a constant learning curve but with each project you do take away something and for me I think that's helped me establish a really um kind of strong set of boundaries now where I um and this is something you know that is it's a you know it evolves as well but um where I can now really puts a lot of structure around my projects and boundaries uh, don't have to kind of be a negative thing. Like sometimes when people think of boundaries, they're like, you know, it's us saying no to clients demands. And yeah, there is a part of that where, you know, like, because as their projects evolve, they want this and that. And, you know, that kind of starts to lead to scope creep, but boundaries can also be a really um, great tool for guidance and keeping, the projects on track and keeping your clients like heading towards their longer term vision and their goals that they kind of might start to get a bit blindsided as things start to develop and they start to see visuals and wondering where, you know, they, their imaginations start to run rife and where they can take it. So I think, um, yeah, boundaries can be a really positive thing for the clients as well, but um, definitely for uh, business owners and especially if you're offering services like, having um, a strong set of or a firm set of boundaries that really kind of resonate with you and the way that you work, the way that you like to work, they resonate with your creative process. Uh, I think that's really important because when you start to feel um, like things are starting to get out of control or you're heading, you know, spiraling towards that burnout because you've let boundaries drop and now you've, saying yes to too many things and um, you're not, you know, you don't have that space to, um, you know, execute your best creative work. Uh, yeah, that's when you, that's when you do end up in burnout and that's when you do start to kind of um, 
you know, the resentment or you start to become a little less passionate about what you're doing. And that's kind of the reason we start our own businesses in the first place. Like no one said it was ever going to be easy, but like we do get to choose how we execute our projects or how our creative process flows. And um, yeah, I think for me being a multi-passionate designer and have being able to take my clients through that end-to-end design experience has kind of really enabled me to refine my creative process, streamline the absolute like shit out of my, um, you know, the client onboarding, offboarding process and um, yeah, take my clients through that journey. And that's why they're coming to, you know, that's why your clients are coming to you uh, because you you are the expert, you know, the process um, I don't expect my clients to know anything about websites or the web development process. So uh, I have, yeah, like I just said, like I've streamlined everything where it is like that step-by-step journey. I'm taking them on an experience and I'm super passionate about their projects and want the best for them. And I'm really passionate about giving them a platform for success because they've had a dream and they've run with it. And there's nothing more badass than that. Like, if that is an outlaw, then I'm not sure what is. So <laughs> I'm all for it. The more creative businesses out there, like the more um, inspiring kind of abstract ideas or, you know, like different ways of doing things, like that keeps the world like a creative and curious place. But it also, yeah, like it, um, we, it also kind of shapes culture and consumerism and, when you are a designer and you get to work on a project from like an inceptual or like the conceptual phase, we do have that power of influence where we can shape consumer habits. So I think it's really important to leverage that and to not just kind of fall into the trap of like, well, this is how it's been done forever or this is like traditional marketing or this is like, you know, like we're going to, use all the tricks of the trade to kind of just push our product to um, make profits. It's like, I think, you know, you, you take a look around and there are some massive shifts even on the corporate level of things um, or that mass consumer level where, um, yeah, the, it's, it, there's, there's shifts and there are shifts for the better where the con- consumer habits are changing and um, it's pretty awesome to be able to kind of help influence that. So I'm kind of like on the inside um, pulling strings to try and make the world a better place. Um, And that's how I want to use my creativity for the, for the greater good really. Yeah. I I love that. And I am definitely that kind of client who you, you don't give me boundaries. (laughs) I'm going to, I, my, my creativity and my imagination are just going to run wild. Yeah. And I think there is that level of self-awareness. I think not, I, I've seen it a lot with the more creative folks that I've worked with. Um, when you have that working relationships where they're coming to you with their business and they're coming to you and saying, I have this product or I have this business. And it can kind of just, it, instead of having like a path, it just kind of all comes out at once. There's no kind of specific journey because I think with when it comes to creativity and creative businesses and you can so often you do have lots of, and especially if you're multi-passionate, you do have lots of ideas and 
not all of them can be executed at once. No. Um, <laughs> you know, there does have to be, as you put it, some boundaries with that. And so I think that's really important. And another thing that you said was about the choice, about you getting to choose how you you know, how you deliver your creativity, you getting to choose what that looks like. And so important because I think so often in online business, there isn't a big enough conversation about the choices that we can make. Um, I understand that choice can sometimes be an absolute privilege, but at the same time, as a business owner, when it comes to how we decide to do business in the online space, we ultimately do get to choose how we do that. But because there's so much of a conversation of it looking one way, choosing one thing, you must pick one thing, you must do it like this. There isn't enough conversation about autonomy and being able, and I mean, that's not just in online business, that's across so many different (laughs) industries. Um, You know, we're not allowed to make choices about ourselves, but the reality is that that choice helps us to define how our business looks. It helps us to take the next step. It helps us to create those relationships, how we're going to market our business. And that's, to me, that's very outlaw as well, is like having that conversation with yourself first of, okay, but how do I want this to look? How do I want this to feel? Because as you said, when we're passionate about the projects that we work on, and I think any business owner, whether you're a service business owner, a coach, or you create products, you are able to define that for yourself through your values and how you want to make the world a better place. I think that's so powerful. Yeah, definitely. And that's something that I think like I'm just, you know, we talked earlier about, you know, evolving with our brands and um, I feel, yeah, like my, life and my business are going through another kind of big shift right now. And it's like just allowing yourself or giving yourself permission is the first thing. Yes, that's huge. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what you were just kind of tapping into, Melanie, where you're kind of like expected to conform to these trends that are forever evolving. But it seems like, you know, everyone's doing this now and everyone's doing that. And if I'm not doing that, like my business is going to fail. And I'm kind of testing the opposite like, and um, I'm, you know exuding my inner outlaw and kind of going what what if I do it this way what if I do it my way that feels um you know in aligned with me and in aligned with my offerings in aligned with my life and my lifestyle why do we have to kind of stick with those traditions and uh, the more that I do that I'm finding that I can do it my way and of course you know you've still got to run your business but um yeah one thing that I kind of mentioned earlier on this conversation was like tuning into more of a slow business model and slowing things down and giving creativity space to breathe giving myself space to breathe uh you know assessing my goals and reassessing things like uh yeah you can try things out and um you know it might not work out fully how you you'd planned um you can change that or you could shift it or adapt it and I think that's the beauty of creativity is that nothing is set in stone and um also you know there's 
a million, like you talk about like clients, there's like a million fish in the sea, like you are going to resonate with someone. So for me, I think it's really important um, personally to take that space and to reassess often, to reevaluate my goals, uh, to reevaluate, yeah, like how I want my business to look, how I want to show up, how I want to, yeah, show up authentically. And that's something that's massive for me because I'm like, I'm a huge introvert. So, you know, like now, you know, the latest social media trends, it's like you've got to be on TikTok or you've got to be a content producer for video. It's like, well, what? I'm just here to design cool things for clients and give them, you know, a platform for success. And, um, yeah, I think giving yourself permission to slow down and give yourself that space um, is like the first step for, you know, like taking that step back. And most of the time when you take that step back and reevaluate with fresh eyes, those are like those aha moments. Those are where, that's where the magic happens and where you have those kind of creative breakthroughs. So you don't have to be on the hamster wheel like all the time. And like we're talking about this, you know, um, burnout season of where a lot of industries are like ramping things up. It's like, no, let's like wind it back. Let's reevaluate. Let's kind of prioritize our um, vision and goals for a moment and kind of uh, start to plan for like what we want to create next year or um, yeah, the direction that we're wanting to go in. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think in terms of slow business and slowing down at this time of year, I know that slow business in itself still feels like it's an it, it's an unspoken um, part of our, part of business. You know, I've talked about this before on the show, when I think when back at the beginning of the uh, beginning of this year when we did a slow business theme. But if you Google it, it's a lot of the blogs and articles are all about how to heal and fix slow business because slow business just inevitably is looked at as a bad thing. And I think that's what feeds into a lot of this end the year strong and finish strong and achieve those goals. And you've still got time. And so much of that feeds into, I mean, it feeds into hustle culture, but it feeds into a lot of that scarcity and FOMO mindset, which, you know, we've obviously today talked about abundance and we've talked about saying no to things. And I feel like that's the complete opposite this time of year. It's like, say yes to everything, do every single promotion there is. And I've watched over years of seeing business owners, you know, just drive themselves into the ground with this need to match the pace of everybody else. And so often this happens through marketing. It happens through social media. You touched on trends and, you know, I'm, I'm an introvert, but I love being on video and I find it harder to write about my business than to speak about my business. Hence why we're here. (laughs) Um, so for me, you know, some of those trends are appealing, but I think at the same time, touching on what you were saying, it's about choosing what works for you. Also knowing what is actually working as well and like recognizing what is working and then deciding, okay, do I want to do what is working? I think just recognizing that's still a choice. But so often this comes from 
the marketing that we see, the conversations, the advertising that we see on social media. And I know here we're an advocate for ethical marketing practices and creating and working with like value-driven businesses. Like that's really, really important to me as a, as a business owner, as a podcaster, as a human. And I would love to hear more about your work with creating those conscious brands that are rooted in ethical practices. You talked a bit about how you're working with these brands that are, you know, doing good and and matching your values. And I'm really curious to know if you're primarily working with, you know, new businesses or is it businesses that maybe have been kind of doing it themselves and now they're looking to evolve? Like, how does that look? Yeah. Um, uh amazing question and I I just want to kind of um, start this off because we were talking about slow business and um, just to kind of think like a lot of people when they hear slow business they think that means less money and I guess that's kind of where you know a lot of those the fear and the stigma around it comes up and uh, for me it just means moving like authentically and following my intuition to do what feels right for me. And, um, yeah, that has kind of led me to, um, wanting to work with brands that align with my values and, um, that, yeah, some of them are, a lot of them are newer brands or some are ones that are, you know, tested a concept and are really wanting to kind of then up level and elevate that idea and that brand and take things kind of to that next level. Um, and it's, you know, a variety of industries, like, but for me, yeah, it's, there are so many, as you know, <laughs> so many different like layers to what an ethical brand means. And I think, um, you know, everyone is just kind of taking imperfect action and that is the most perfect thing that we could be doing because it's being conscious of, the outcomes, conscious of our footprints, conscious of the process. And, um, yeah, just the brands that are kind of forward, like thinking in that manner, like, you know, it's kind of impossible when you are just a startup to be, you know, running on a triple bottom, um, you know, line and um, considering um, or, you know, giving back as much as you'd probably like to. But it's, yeah, taking that imperfect action. And sometimes it's, you know, perhaps they're not a fully, you know, they don't kind of brands that I collaborate with might not sit under that umbrella of being sustainable or ethical or kind of in that um, amongst, you know, those kind of brands in their, their industries. But they might, I might see an opportunity where I can, um, have an input to make a positive change and have those conversations with them about like, have you ever considered this or um, you could potentially consider doing things this way or just like embedding that or planting that seed um, where it kind of can create a new idea or it can kind of help shift that brand into a more positive direction and again that kind of um, comes back to what we were talking about earlier as being a designer we have that ability working on that conceptual phase to reshape brands to reshape consumer habits and you yeah like the more kind of seeds we plant we're planting along the way it's just taking that imperfect action so 
Um, yeah, as well as like that within a lot of my projects and especially my websites, because this is a really great way um, that we can kind of leverage brands. Like it's where you can show a lot of personality of the brand. You can take that kind of static two-dimensional like uh, visuals and turn it into a dynamic form and make it interactive and the website is like the main hub for a brand's marketing so you get to really kind of flex that personality and um, on all of my projects I'm like okay so where are we going you know this is the place where we embed your like giving back or this is where we're going to share and speak about your values so this is where we're going to um, you know talk about um yeah just kind of the, the positive aspect but maybe they haven't kind of thought of that where they're kind of just thinking oh I've got to tell my brand story and this is my product or this is the service and here's how to contact me and it's like consumers and like people want to know humans like people want your story they want kind of to delve and peel back some of those layers so it's like tell them yeah share your values share how you like share your passions, like how you like how you can give back, um, and, and whatever capacity that looks like. Because again, like not everyone's at that stage where they're able to kind of you know you might just be covering your bills or you know getting um, your teams together and things like that. But um, it's taking imperfect action, and that's like all we can ever do. So um, yeah, that's kind of what looking working with ethical brands kind of looks like it's it's a whole it's a diverse landscape um but I feel yes my my role part of my role as a designer is to kind of spark those conversations where it's like how can we be doing this better yeah yeah, I think I, I agree. And I think a huge part of it as well can be knowing that you're probably going to get it wrong at some point. Oh, yeah. You're going <laughs> to make a mistake. You're, you're not going to say the right thing. Um, but this is such a big first step for, for a lot of brands. And yeah, I mean, again, I don't know what your experience is, but for me, the last couple of years have really made a massive difference to my own spending habits and who I'm you know, how I spend money within my business and outside of my business. Oh, yeah. Um, what I look for, you know, I know mm-hmm. that, you know, younger generations are spending in a different way. I, I, I hear, I don't, I mean, I'm on TikTok, but I don't know what TikTok shop is. I hear people talk about this. I'm like, I don't know what that is. Um, <laughs> no idea. <laughs> I, no, I think it's, I don't know, but I see it and I hear it and I, and I, I notice how that, you know, how that changes spending habits. Um, However, I do also feel like it's definitely feeding into consumerism and capitalism in a, in a strong way because it seems like a lot of that is to create more content. So it's like this, it's feeding that kind of, that marketing, it's feeding that way. But for a lot of us, I think that's a huge, a, a huge step in the right direction and just a piece of awareness is like, I'm going to get this wrong. I'm going to say the wrong thing. But taking action, as you said, is just, even when it's imperfect is, is such a, a strong value and a strong step in the right direction for most, for every brand, for every business and every brand. And I think that's so powerful and, and it's amazing that you do that work and that you see the potential of having that conversation with businesses and brands that you get to have that input and potentially steer things in that direction. 
Oh yeah, for sure. And you just nailed it before when you said it's awareness and that's all it is. Like we are all it's like, I don't know about you. I'm constant. I'm forever learning. Like I'm going to be a lifetime mm-hmm. student and that's something that I love because you know, this, um, it keeps things curious and keeps things interesting, but it, all we can do is like share awareness. And I think, you know, like the, the online space has evolved so much, like, technology just kind of speeding up all the time and like even six years ago when I started my business to how design or you know how the online space is and not just design but like um yeah the online space the technology the tools the yeah the connection that we've got um that there can just be a lot of noise and fuzz and like just crap but I think there's also like this underlying kind of movement in a way where people, yeah, like there's always going to be this fast pace aspect to it, but where people are kind of stopping in or slowing down in some ways to absorb different information and go, hang on, like, yeah, we're talking about like all of these global issues, um, whether that's like environmental issues or social issues that um, are having these like, massive impact on the lives of everyone around the world and it's like the last couple of years we were all the entire world like experienced the same it was like a unanimous experience I know there are very varying degrees within that but um I think that has kind of created an awareness where people are like okay um yeah we can keep things fast-paced but I I'm really passionate about this. So I'm going to kind of think twice about, yeah, that product I buy, or I'm going to read that label. I'm going to look into that brand and, um, you know, like the young generations are, you know, as passionate as they are, they're like, I'm going to call them out even like (laughs) they, you know, take things even further. So, um, I think it's kind of, and you know, you look into the corporate, um, space even, and they are adapting, um, more ethical practices, whether that's like ethics within the, um, you know, workplace, like environments they're creating or, um, you know, how they manage their, you know, waste or, you know, like all, all different kind of aspects, but they're seeing the numbers and the, the numbers are growing. Like there's some really crazy statistics out there where like, in some industries and in some age groups, it can be like up to 95% where it's like someone will choose this brand over that brand because they've got uh, an ethical thread woven into their business or a sustainability mm. cause or they're, you know, giving back or they're doing something versus this consumer, you know, like fast food or fast consumerism kind of just churn and burn. It's like, okay, well, now they're even starting to kind of pull up and see like, hey, these, you know, people are looking around, like people are starting to take notice of, um, you know, what that's our practices or the world around us basically. And, uh, you know, it's not sustainable to kind of do business how it's been done um, for, you know, decades and decades. Um, and something does have to give. So, yeah, I think it's like... Um, up to the individuals like there is power in your purchasing decisions so um yeah yeah, spend wisely (laughs) 
Yeah. Yeah, there absolutely is. I think, I, I, I think it's funny because we talked about choice a lot today and it comes back to the same thing. I think, you know, in some cultures there have been, has been so much choice, overwhelming choice. Just, you know, when you go to the grocery store, for example, and, and sometimes that can be too much. You are like, I just want one thing. Just tell me what I need. But on the other hand, in other parts of our spending habits, we want that choice. We don't want to be presented with just one way of doing something. And I think it's those brands that give us that choice and do it really well and connect and tell a story. You know, I, I always joke and say to people, like, if you if you can tell me a story behind whatever it is, even if that story doesn't deeply resonate with like my experience and my lived experience, if you're going to tell me a really great story, I'm probably going to pay you like if I want and need the thing. Yeah. It's it's that for me. The story part is so so powerful, um, and I and I really love to see that within brands and businesses and their marketing and everything else. So, yeah, well, people are yeah. craving connection. Like we are a very digital. You know, everything's been very online. Where it's like, yeah, tell me a story. I want. I'm craving connection here. I'm craving authenticity and that human element. So. Um, yeah, like let's make our brands a little bit more human. And I guess, you know, the, the beauty of being an entrepreneurial outlaw is that you get to shape your brand and your business however you want. Uh, yeah, sure, you've got to make money, so, but, so you've got to run your business, but you don't have to do it the way everybody else is. Um, and, you know, sometimes best to do it actually, you know, step outside of the bounds is scary as that can be but do it your way because that's where you're going to stand out yeah absolutely absolutely well thank you so much for sharing it with us today Kate because this has been so insightful and I really really enjoyed chatting with you about your work and obviously the amount of times that outlaw came up was great (laughs) I know (laughs) It's like it's just lost all meaning now. Um, but we we are coming to the end of today's episode. But as always, I do have one last question, a very important question for you. And that is, what does being an entrepreneurial outlaw look and feel like for you during this season of your business? Um, it probably ties a lot back into everything that we've just chatted about, but uh, for me, being an outlaw in business is sticking to your values and being yourself no matter what. So, yeah, just being you and leading with your values and kind of not being swayed or pulled or coerced into kind of doing something that doesn't feel authentic or aligned um, with you and kind of being like, this is, you know, this is how I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it my way. I'm going to you know, lead with my values, lead with transparency and uh, do a great job along the way. And um, I think that kind of having that rebellion to step outside of like, you know, the conformi- conformity is um, is how we can kind of make big shifts um, no matter what industry you're in. It's where, you know, you can inspire someone else to kind of go, hang on, I'm going to do this my way as well. And, um, yeah, we can change the creative landscape and we can make these big, you know, bigger contributions to um, 
to our industries, for our like clients and customers, but also to kind of help change things for the better. And yeah, for me, that just means um, using my design for, yeah, designing for good brands and doing good work to create good outcomes. So yeah, that's kind of what it means to me. Amazing. Yes. I love that. Thank you for sharing. So where can everybody listening connect with you online and learn more about your work? Yeah, sure. Um, um, my website is rabblerousecreative.com and my handles for like Instagram and Facebook and Pinterest, etc., is at rabblerousecreative. And I know that is a little bit of a tongue twister, but yeah, I guess my, my brand name in itself is kind of, um, yeah, rebellious and off, yeah, it ties greatly into your, um, to, to your podcast, Melanie. So. Uh, we can, yeah, on my website, I've got some great resources. So I've got a few different eBooks that you can download for free, um, that one, you know, on various things. So being a multi-passionate designer, there are some about web design. There are others about creating an ethical and aligned brand. And, um, yeah, I think for me, that's something I'm kind of leaning more and more into is just, um, yeah, like, stepping into that space of slow business, doing things my way and um, trying to kind of unravel, yeah, like taking that imperfect action to create an ethical design space. So, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Perfect. So we will make sure that everything is linked in the show notes. Um, So you'll be able to head over there and find links to all of Kate's um, online info. You'll also be able to find a full transcript over there at the show notes, melanienights.com forward slash podcast. Thank you so much, Kate, for joining me for today. Thank you so much, everyone listening. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me, Melanie. It's been a real honor and it's been yeah amazing to connect and I'm yeah looking forward to seeing your next tattoo of your outlook. <laughs> <laughs> Stay tuned. <laughs> By the time this airs, I may already have like a whole sleeve. Oh, oh, we'll <laughs> Thanks, everybody. Bye. Bye. Oh, Outlaws, that was such a wonderful conversation with Kay. I am so grateful that she gave us her time to sit down and record this episode and I just enjoyed it so much and I hope you got so much from listening to Kate's wisdom today as we talked all things outlaw and business. Um, As I said to you at the beginning of the episode, we have updated all of her links so when you go over to the show notes you will be able to find all of Kate's information and it will be updated to Studio Wildling. I actually have her website open right now and of course as you would expect it is stunning. It is absolutely beautiful um so make sure you go and follow kate on social media you can find all of her information um over there in the show notes as well as a full transcript um and also as i said you can find out more about patreon and our patreon community the outlaw collective by going to patreon.com forward slash the oc if you are listening to this in real time there are um, we will have a full moon in aries journal circle uploading in just a few days and that will give you an opportunity to dive into the world of journaling, uh, business journaling in particular. I always focus on the journal prompts from the lens of being a business owner because I think that's 
so important. And of course, you'll also be able to um, participate in the either the live or recorded version of our oracle reading for the few weeks ahead, which will be incredibly exciting. I love recording those as well. If you are listening to this in the future, hello. And of course, you can still head over to patreon.com forward slash the OC for more information. Um, get to know us a little bit more and uh, yeah, learn more about becoming a patron. And I just wanted to let you know that next week we have a very, very special episode. Entrepreneurial Outlaws is turning two right now. And um, we have a big announcement coming next week. Um, It's something that I'm really excited but also nervous about. I feel all the feels, Um, but it'll be more on that. And it's a a really jam-packed episode with both this big announcement, but also um, some things I've been learning over the last couple of years since recording this podcast. So that's it for me for this week. Thank you so much for tuning in for episode 88 of Entrepreneurial Outlaws. I will see you next week. Thank you so much. Until next time, Outlaws. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode of Entrepreneurial Outlaws. If you see yourself as an entrepreneurial outlaw and enjoyed this episode, would you do me a small favor? It would mean the absolute world to me if you could take a moment to subscribe to the show and leave a rating and review. By leaving a review, you are helping me to grow our outlaw community and together we can show other entrepreneurs that breaking the rules can actually be good for business. Don't forget, you can find the show notes for today's episode along with any of the links that I mentioned on my website at melanienights.com forward slash podcast. And if we're not already virtual besties, you can come and hang out with me on Instagram. I am the one with the country music playing, the lukewarm coffee in my hand, and I'm dishing the dirt on how we can make entrepreneurship more inclusive and transparent. Plus, I'll probably send you some fun gifts. So until next time, outlaws. Outlaws.